Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so happy that you're here today. I want you to grab your Bible, and we're going to go to Romans chapter 10. Today, we're going to talk about achieving, not trying, but achieving faith exploits. Praise the Lord. Now, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your word would just come alive within our hearts, that the seed of your word sown will produce the 100-fold return in our lives of righteousness, peace, and joy, of the fruit of the Spirit, and of great faith accomplishments. Now, Father, we ask this all for your glory, and we give you all the credit and all the praise. In Jesus' name we say, we pray, and say, Amen and Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, today we're going to be in Romans chapter 10. But before we jump into today's message, let me give you a little update on a couple of neat things. Uh, As many of you recall, I shared a prophetic word that the Lord gave to me just before Christmas. I was on a road trip having a tremendous time with the Lord, and I was by myself driving, and the Lord uh, graced me to have a supernatural encounter, and I shared that just before Christmas, and that, that prophetic message concerns particularly the churches, or the city and the churches of St. Louis. Now, St. Louis is the heart of America, and I shared what the Lord had given me, and I also shared what the Lord showed me uh, that would come from that revival of St. Louis and then how it's going to touch uh, the uh, it's going to touch Kansas City and particularly IHOP there in Kansas City. Now I have shared that it's on YouTube. You can go back and catch that message and uh, the entire uh, how can I say prophecy prophetic event is explained there. Now I would like to share with you what I did not know because the moment that message came out on YouTube that, that contained that prophetic experience that I had with the Lord, emails began to come in, praise God, and people began to give me reports of other prophetic voices that have, that have also shared uh, in a very similar thing what God has planned for the city of St. Louis and the churches and what he's going to do there. And I would like to say on the record I can put my hand on the Bible. Hallelujah. Yeah, there it is. This is my Bible. I can put my hand on the Bible and give my word that I was completely unaware of these other prophecies spoken before by great men of God concerning uh, the Lord's plan for St. Louis and the end time outpouring. And one of those prophets that spoke was Prophet Kenneth E. Hagan. And this was in 1997. I want to read uh, what he said as he was in a visionary experience and as he was prophesying what the Lord showed him. He, he was prophesying. He said, The glory of the Lord shall shine and be seen on his people. The cloud of his glory shall be seen by many at times, even as it filled the temple of Solomon when it was dedicated so that the priest could not stand to minister. The church filled with the Spirit of God in his presence fall. Let me read just a little bit more. Let me grab a drink of water. He continues prophesying. In St. Louis, the center and heart of the nation, it shall come. He's talking about that glory, that tremendous glory. It shall spread all over the nation. Manifestations everywhere. That which has frustrated will be removed then you will know the full meaning of the divine glow. And others will be invited to walk in the light of it, and so they shall. The glory of the Lord shall shine upon his people. We saw a measure 40 to 50 years ago. Of course, he's referring back to what we know in church history as the great healing revival. That will be just the beginning of what's coming now. Great change is coming. Get ready. Get prepared. How? Be humble in my sight. Think little of yourself. Let Jesus be glorified. Walk in it. It will be different in thee. 
those who are desirous to walk with God, different in your spirit, for you will be conscious of the Holy Spirit, excuse me, the Holy Ghost in you in a measure you've not been conscious of before. You'll be conscious of Him working in your soul realm, emotions, mind, thoughts, in your body. You will be strong in your body. Lying symptoms of the devil will dissipate and disappear. Your body will work perfectly. How many of you are ready for this revival? Walking, walking in the light, walking, walking in the word, walking, walking in the spirit, walking, walking in the will of God, walking, walking in his plan and purpose, and it shall be consummated and the end is at hand. Praise the Lord. Now, we know that Brother Hagin, uh, he went on to heaven in the year 2003, but in 1997, he was seen in the Spirit, and he was seen and prophesying what was going to come. My friends, I believe it's very, very close. And, uh, uh, you know, in, in the sight of the Lord, uh, it's only been just like a few minutes or a few seconds since Brother Hagin prophesied that in 1997. So we're a little over 20 years past that, and it is ripe for the cherries to fall off the glory tree. Mm -mm. We're going to eat them. Okay, so Kenneth Hagin prophesied about St. Louis. I had no clue that he had, and uh, neither did I know that Pastor David Youngie Cho, uh, pastor of the world's largest church in Seoul, Korea, had also prophesied about St. Louis. Now, we know that Dr. Cho, uh, just a few months ago, went home to be with the Lord. What a great man of God. You know, when I was in my uh, early 20s, I was reading his books on prayer, and it was his teachings on the subject of prayer, coupled with the American minister, Larry Lee, that really uh, bumped my prayer time up uh, to levels that uh, it really began to feed my spirit, praise the Lord. And my walk with the Lord came alive because I, I simply just didn't know how to pray. Uh, I wanted to pray, but I didn't know what to pray or how to pray. And the Lord used those two men primarily, Dr. Cho and Larry Lee, to teach me how to uh, uh, pray. And I'm not talking like praying two or three minutes. I'm talking where the standard basic uh, prayer life is at least uh, bare bones minimum of one hour a day. Praise God. But did you know that Dr. Cho prophesied about St. Louis? It says here, Dr. David Youngie Cho, who pastored the world's largest church, prophesied in 1980 about a revival that would take place in Pensacola, Florida. Many believe the fulfillment of this was the Brownsville revival. But he went on to say that the last move of God would move on from Florida to the center of the Western Hemisphere, naming St. Louis as the place that it would start. Wow. Glory to God. And I tell you, when I drove past uh, St. Louis on that loop going around St. Louis, I just was stunned that uh, on the entire time around the large city like that, the glory was manifesting, and it's for the whole city. It's for the churches. It's for whoever will welcome it and step into it. The glory will fall. What a big move it's going to be, and of course, it will spread. Now, I also did not know that Kenneth Copeland, the great prophet of God, the great man of God, also prophesied about this. Uh, somebody has paraphrased the prophecy. I'm not, I think it sounds pretty accurate. Uh, it says, the following is a paraphrase of what the Holy Spirit prophesied through uh, Prophet Kenneth Copeland in a service. He hailed in St. Louis at the Keel Opera House in 1985. He prophesied saying, I see an angel coming from heaven to St. Louis, but he has not touched the ground. When his big toe touches the ground, an earthquake, the move of God shall begin in St. Louis and spread all over the world. Woo! Glory to God. Where is it spreading? After it uh, hits Kansas, uh, excuse, after it hits St. Louis and begins to do it, uh, uh, move in the glory. Where is it going after that in tremendous power? The Lord showed me next stop is Kansas City. Praise the Lord. All right, so I wanted to share those things. I feel they're very important. And I'm just uh, honored that the Lord would give me a piece of this prophetic puzzle 
of what the Lord is up to in the earth. And trust me, everything today is interconnected. What happens in America will bounce uh, to Nigeria. What happens in Nigeria, we have uh, the blessing of that and the powerful uh, Word of Faith churches that are over there. And uh, what uh, we're all interconnected. And I can, I can get on my phone sitting over there out of reach, but I can get on my phone and I can find out anything going on in the, in the earth today, in the church, just by communication, praise the Lord. And we all have resources that we can pull from to find out what's taking place. So when the glory begins to uh, be released in the earth, trust me, we'll know. And it's going to be like a beehive, you know, a central beehive and, and bees, just honeybees going everywhere with the honey. <laughs> and of course, people, whenever there's uh, a real strong outpouring, uh, nothing stops people from coming. It doesn't matter what's going on. If, if God's moving, people will do anything to get there, especially people that are desperate, that need a miracle, or in some situations are just really, really hungry for the glory, praise God, and want to take it back uh, to their part of the world or whatever it might be, but mainly, mainly for uh, themselves to have their own touch. Praise the Lord. It's a little bit like on the airplane, right? The stewardess says, now, um, uh, in case of a loss of oxygen, the mask will drop down. Put it on your, put it on your face first. I remember one time my young daughter, she said, um, she said, Daddy, that, that seems kind of selfish uh, that the, the, you know, the lady says, for the adults, put yours on first, then put the one for your child on. Uh, my daughter says, that seems kind of selfish. I said, well, that's because if, if, if I pass out, uh, I can't help you. She goes, oh, okay. That's the, yeah, go ahead and put yours on then. <laughs> so we, we have to uh, receive the touch. Hallelujah. We have to be strengthened. And then, of course, uh, the overflow is for the others, but we need to be filled up. So be ready. Be praying into that and be hungry. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me also say that I have been updated today uh, with an update of uh, us going on air in Hawaii. I believe that's KWHE right off the top of my head, uh, broadcasting out of Honolulu and covering all five islands of Hawaii. And uh, it's pretty much confirmed. I've done everything but sign the contract. That will probably take care. Uh, we'll probably knock that out tomorrow, get the contract signed, and we will be going on the air every week. And uh, we're very excited about that. And let me say a big thank you to Jesus Christ, the head of the church, for helping us to reach around the world with the good news of his salvation. And also, I want to say thank you to all of my ministry partners who have sowed into this that has given us a running start uh, to take these programs. Uh, we have brand new programs that are being uploaded to various networks. And where, as soon as we sign the contract, we will send them to... Uh, uh, well, actually, we don't even... With this one, we don't even have to send it to the network because we're already on their primary network. So this is like a sister, small sister station. We'll just, boom, once they've got it, they've already got it. And so we'll, we just signed the contract. They're like, Stephen, we've already got your programs. They'll just relay of them, send them over to Hawaii, however they do that. <laughs> it's all stuff up in the cloud, right? Move it from here to there. It's all the internet. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Very exciting. Thank you. Thank you, my friends, for standing with me and helping us to go through a door that the Lord said it's time to saturate Hawaii with the gospel. Mm -hmm. A great, a great time slot we got to. Um, you know, when you get on uh, a television time slot, you want the program just before you to be a real strong program, and preferably, you want you want your 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 clothes, uh, whoever is coming on after you, uh, to really be your lead in and your lead out. That's technically what they call it. You want the lead out also to be a really good program, and we are sandwiched in between two mighty men of God. Great place to be. And uh, a prime a prime slot, praise God. All right, so we're going to get that signed up tomorrow. Next time I see you, I can uh, I trust I'll have the official report and what that time slot is. And uh, again, thank you for your graciousness, your generosity, your response. If, you, if there are those watching, and you would you would like to sow into that. You know, um, I think about those maybe who've always wanted to travel. Maybe you've always wanted to go to a tropical island. Maybe you've always wanted to go to Hawaii. 
and you're thinking, I'd like to travel, Pastor Stephen. Well, what better, what better soil to sow into, sow into the gospel, into a beautiful place? And we know there's no utopia on the planet. Hawaii's got their troubles. They have their challenges, right? Jesus said, uh, sufficient is the, uh, for the day is the trouble thereof. So it's not like you could run off somewhere and escape. But it is an absolutely beautiful place. I've never been there. But I can go there through TV, and you can help me to do that. So if you'd like to sow seed into that, wow, think about all the potential of harvest coming back to you from sowing into that type of soil. All right, so if you would like to do that, you can visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage that's orange, says projects. Click on that, and you'll see the option to select pure gold. Pure gold is our TV program. If you want to mail in an offering, you can do so. Just put a note on your check and uh, say, this is for Hawaii. Praise God. We'll, we'll allocate it all towards that. Praise the Lord. And if you want to mail it in, Stephen Brooks International P.O. Box 717 Moravian Falls, North Carolina, the zip code 28654. Thank you for helping me to push it over the top. We have a good running start. And uh, everything we do, we do it by faith. And of course, the Lord is upholding all things by the word of his power. Thank you again. Praise the Lord. Now today we are in Romans chapter 10. We're going to be discussing achieving faith exploits. Now verse 17, I'm going to read it to you. And I know for some of you, you've heard the verse so many times that I don't want you to, uh, uh, I, don't, I, I should never use the word burned out. Uh, but I think sometimes we can look at that so often. So what I, uh, by the way, that's why you need some different versions. If, if you ever feel, oh, that scripture, I've heard it so many times. Well, get a different version, <laughs> right? Uh, if you have New King James, get, uh, get NIV or get the ESV. The ESV is really good. And uh, I like that version. And there's, uh, you know, just get something that will keep these things fresh. But what I would like to share with Romans 10, 17, by the way, which does say, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'd like to say it in a way that maybe uh, helps you to simplify it in your understanding. Here's how, I, here's how I say Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing God talk. Okay. When you hear God talk, faith comes. Now, of course, when God talks, that is his word. So whether it's the word of scripture or it is the word of the Lord coming uh, perhaps uh, through uh, what we would call the word of wisdom, or it could be uh, some type of supernatural encounter, maybe an angel. Uh, you have a, something very special, like an angel would come and give you a, a heavenly instruction. Well, anytime God speaks to you directly or through uh, a, an instrument or a vessel of his choice. I mean, with Balaam, he, uh, God released the tongue of a donkey. Well, if that donkey is declaring the word of the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank God for donkeys, right? <laughs> and really let that be a lesson because uh, uh, I've had the Lord speak to me before through. I, I, I don't want to call him a donkey, but some really crude people that were saved, were born again, but were really, really rough around the edges. I'm talking like a really rough, unpolished, but yet because they were born again, God can pour through uh, any of his vessels and uh, they can share something that uh, don't disregard it just because they're not picture perfect, okay? Uh, wow, be, be, be very open to God's word coming to you even should it be a donkey, even should it be a raven flying in. Uh, the Lord used a raven to feed Elijah. Technically, a raven would fall under the Mosaic law as being an unclean bird. Well, Praise the Lord, that, un that unclean bird's got a, he's got an Oscar Mayer hot dog. Ooh, we probably shouldn't use Oscar Mayer. They use a lot of pork uh, in their food. Uh, let's call it a Hebrew national hot dog. And he was flying that hot dog in to the prophet. Mm -mm. And he was probably thinking, uh, uh, Jesus uh, or Lord Almighty, uh, uh, thank you for the raven. Wow, he's unclean, but he sure was a blessing. Mm -mm. So you want to be open to the word of God. Anytime God talks, faith explodes on the inside of you. Faith explodes on the inside of you. Why? It's creative power released. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. All right. So let's look at some of these examples that are in line with this. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11. 
And, uh, you know, like, like in the natural, you could have uh, like a Hall of Fame. You know, in, in football, you have the Hall of Fame. You have one in baseball. You, you have one in, uh, uh, you, have one in you have different ones in the music world, right? Rock and roll, a country western, and all, all this uh, different, uh, different types of things. There's all these uh, halls of fame. I think what's kind of funny is that they act like these things are eternal. Uh, uh, you've, you've made it, and you're here forever. Well... <laughs> no, no, uh, there. You know, just because you put your footprint or your handprint in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you know, no, that's not eternal. Uh, that stuff is very, very temporal. So we need to be living for the Lord. But nevertheless, he, uh, here in Hebrews chapter eleven, we have what we could call the Hall of Faith, mm-hmm. and uh, this is a hall that is continually being extended by the modern-day church as we do exploits in the name of Christ for the glory of God, just as they have done before us, providing inspiration and encouragement and examples so that we can do the same thing. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, let's go to verse 32. Verse 32. And what more shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who, through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Wow. They're all doing this, as we see in the introduction to this chapter, uh, by faith. They're all accomplishing these things by faith. So, nothing works in the kingdom of God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. And nothing works in God's kingdom. Nothing. Nothing works in God's kingdom without faith. It is the key weapon that we use to accomplish exploits. So, you and I, as kingdom practitioners, we need to embrace our faith responsibility because if we don't embrace, engage our faith responsibility, then we're not going to subdue any kingdoms. We're going to live very nominal lives and we're going to stay in these little safety zones and we're going to become passive and then we're going to become weak. But my friends, we are going to use the faith that God has given us to accomplish exploits just as they did. Look, faith is currency. You can spend it. You can use it. Why would you just set it down and not do anything with it for the rest of your life after you've received it, after you've used it for salvation? Why when you accomplish such a great thing, such as your eternal security and getting your life right with God, would you didn't just sit it down and live a nominal Christian life when you have such great potential? So don't let it lie dormant. Come on, let's use it. Praise God. And let's accomplish exploits. And it's important to know that faith is what beautifies your Christian walk. I want to say it again. Faith is what beautifies, makes beautiful your Christian walk. Think about Daniel coming out of that lion's den. Wow. What must that have felt like for a guy to have kept his faith and trust in God against all odds. Everybody just pretty much threw the towel in on him and thought, well, he was a good asset. He was good while he had him, but he just wouldn't get with the system, wouldn't quite fit in so well, you know, sad, tragic loss. Oh no, no, no. David, excuse me, Daniel knew his God. What must it have felt like when he came out of that den? Wow. He felt like he's probably on top of the world. That there is that confidence, outrageous confidence that comes along with, uh, with faith based upon having heard God that um, it, it'll take you through anything. And then suddenly he's a celebrity. <laughs> Everybody's like, hey, uh, 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 I'd like to get your advice. Uh, uh, Daniel, can you sign my, my, my book on lions? I have a book on lions. Would you please sign your autograph? Mm, wow, incredible. What about later, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? When they came out of the fiery furnace, and before that, 
You know, you're, you're the outcast. You know, you're the ones that wouldn't submit and come along with the program. Well, then later, after they stand with God with tremendous confidence, basically saying, hey, look, King, God's well able to get us out of this. And uh, he, uh, we're expecting him to do that. Now, if he has some different plans, uh, it doesn't matter to us to, because regardless, we're all in. We're not compromising. No, we're not going to do that. Just such tremendous confidence in God. And they came out of that. They came out of the fiery furnace alive. Woo! Celebrities overnight all over the, the Babylon, Babylonian newspapers the next day. Maybe they made it on the front lines of the Babylon Bee. Mm-mm. A funny satire website. Praise God. Anyhow. Anyhow, these, these exploits and the results come to those who just embrace their responsibility to use their faith and to continue their trust in the Lord. So faith is what beautifies your Christian walk, and we see it actually very clearly in the book of Isaiah. Let's turn back there. This would be Isaiah, and we're going to go to chapter 61, verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, beauty for ashes. God wants to make your life beautiful, and he wants to remove all of the ashes out of your life, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let me say right now that heaviness is a spirit, uh, depression, constant depression, uh, a constant like uh, hopelessness or being weighed down, that cannot be cured by drugs or medication. That can be cured by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and his mighty Holy Spirit because we're dealing with things that have a spiritual root. So you get rid of the spirit of heaviness. It's a bad spirit. You get rid of it, hallelujah, and you get the garment of praise instead that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So there's a planting. There's a planting like God's planting you in the Garden of Eden. And anything that was not in that original plan of beauty, it needs to be dismissed out of your life, driven out of your life. And it needs to be told, you're not allowed. You are not permitted. You are not on God's agenda to be in my life. So ashes you have to go. And the anointing, the spirit of the Lord resting upon you begins that great transformation process as you have faith and trust in the Lord to carry that out. Praise the Lord. Anything that does not reflect God's original intent of beauty must leave your life this year, starting right now. Out, out, out it goes. Praise the Lord. Now, let's get down to the nitty gritty. What is faith? We have, we have technical definitions in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, for example. But let's see if we can grab it uh, in a simplified way. What is faith? Well, faith is the practical expression of confidence in God and His Word. Again, faith is the practical expression of confidence in God and his word. You can't say you believe in God and trust God without joining that to the fact that you have, you're believing and trusting his word. They're, they're one and the same. So that's what it is. But it's a, it's a practical expression of confidence. Let's look, look at an example that would uh, very clearly demonstrate this. I'm going now over to Genesis chapter 12 and look at verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country. So we have an instruction. Get out of your country, from your family and, your, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. God spoke, said, get out. <laughs> and just a, uh, just a short time right thereafter, Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. So here we see a practical expression of confidence, not only in God, but in what God said. That's what faith is. It is a practical expression of confidence in what God said. God said to Abram, get out. Okay, Lord, 
I'll do it. So he just packs everything up and uh, only takes a few things with him and boom, off he goes. So we see that expression of confidence that's very practical. You just, you just walk it out. You just do it. Praise the Lord. We see it also in Genesis chapter 6. I like this one. Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. And God said to Noah. Now, again, what, what happens when God talks to you? Is he talking just to make conversation because he's bored? Michael, Gabriel, I'm getting tired of talking to y'all angels and all your wings and all your swords and all of your bright robes. I, I, I want to talk to some humans today. I'm going to go over here and talk to Brother, brother Charles. And so God talks to Charles. Is God talking to Charles just because God's bored? No, no. He's speaking with an intent and purpose to release faith. So there will be an accomplishment. So there will be an exploit that is fulfilled for the glory of God. Mm -mm. By the way, have you ever noticed that God's a great conversationalist? (laughs) Woo. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. You know, I was in a meeting one time in Jerusalem, Israel, and uh, my friend, Apostle Neville Johnson, was the last speaker at the conference. Now, I was one of the speakers I'd finished, and so I'm sitting on the front row, and uh, uh, I'm not sure how many people were there. Maybe like, uh, I can't remember, uh, I think like 900 people were there. Okay, so uh, what was happening, it was that it was on a Friday, and we're getting closer and closer to the Sabbath. And the hotel that we're using, we're using the conference room. Uh, the host, uh, he had rented this large conference room, and the head rabbi was a very orthodox rabbi. And that hotel followed the, the uh, not just rabbinical rules, but the what we would call the more strict orthodox rabbinical rules. And anyhow, things were not only shut down, you know, by sundown. Things had to be shut down a little bit before sun, uh, sundown so that you're running ahead of the curve and that the Sabbath is not violated uh, in any way. So the head rabbi was standing over on the side, not in view, but kind of behind the curtain, and he was looking at his watch. And he's like, you've only got, you know, like this much left. And um, somebody said, we need, to get, we need a little more time. Somebody went and told him, we need a little more time. And that, that like infuriated him and made him angry. He's, then he's like, you've only got this much time now. And he was just like, uh, and he was going to literally shut down the entire hotel, everything. <laughs> if, that, if the speaker, who was Neville, was not done at that exact moment, if he went like 30 seconds over, he's not only going to co- shut the conference down, he's going to close the whole entire hotel down. And he had the authority to do it too. <laughs> so Neville looked at me and said, how, he's like, he had all these notes and all in his Bible. He said, how am I going to do this in 15 minutes? Uh, I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Cause normally he can talk an hour. I mean, an hour go by just like that, you know? So and not only that, everybody there is real, real hungry for the Lord. So they want a big meaty message. So he's got now, he's got maybe like 13 minutes. So he went up there and when he started talking, the moment he started talking, the spirit of God came on him and he talked for about 12 minutes. And it was like, I can't, the only way I can describe it is that it was a 12 minute message and it felt like I was literally sitting underneath a waterfall (laughs) with water (laughs) of revelation of the glory of God. He was talking so fast and he was talking with such depth that it was, it was coming over me and everybody else, like a waterfall of revelation and glory, almost to the point you want to say, I I can't take it anymore. Hallelujah. I've had that happen only a couple of times in my life. And actually once when the Lord was talking to me so fast, almost like machine gun fast. And I, it was so fast. I couldn't even write it down. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. I told you he's a great conversationalist. And the reason Neville was talking so quick and getting his, all that was because the Lord was pouring it through him. And this man was just a vessel in that moment. And it was coming out like a, not like a little garden hose, like a, like a fire hose fully opened up with tremendous pressure. Oh, praise God. Amen. So again, and God said to Noah, 
Anytime God talks to you, it causes an explosion of creative power, of faith to be released uh, within your heart. My friends, this is why faith is so important. Those that ridicule the message of faith or don't understand it, uh, they don't realize they're criticizing the vehicle that will get them to the fulfillment of their destiny. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Any truth that you uh, respect, uh, that anointing on that will gravitate towards you. But anything that you belittle or disrespect, it will actually move away from you. So we're moving closer to doing and accomplishing all that God has called us to do. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself. What if God told you this? In this while, but you can't take somebody else's word, hijack it, and make it yours. That's why you have to let the Lord speak to you. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark, etc., etc. Gives him all the details, and uh, it's really, it really was a complex job. Thus Noah did. Verse 22, thus Noah did. According to all that God commanded him, so he did. What is faith? Faith is the practical expression of confidence in God and his word. Do you see the practicality of it? This is not, as we would say, rocket science. God says, and then you do. Mm -mm. God says, make an ark. (laughs) Uh, Verse 22, then Noah did. Wow. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. What a journey. What an adventure. 120 years of faith expressed through this gigantic building project. And he is doing something nobody has ever done before on this scale. And he's also doing something in an environment that he is anticipating because God has told him concerning this thing called rain. God said, it's going to rain. It's going to be a flood. It had never yet rained on the earth. So he is walking something out by faith, but Biblical faith is not some kind of ethereal, like mist or vapor. No, it's solid. That's where you get back to the technical definition of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. There is a solidity to it, a substance to it. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. So for 120 years, he's working on this, and he's getting it done. How? Based on one word from God build an ark. Okay. Yeah, I'd better build it. This is my salvation. This is my ticket out of disaster. Yeah, I think I'll do this. This is the ticket out for me and my family. Mm-mm. God's always got a way out for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's no room for disaster or doom in your life. Hallelujah. It's not time for doom. It's time for you to bloom. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thus, Noah did. Put your name in there. God spoke to you and thus put your name in there, personalize it, that you did what God told you to do. Just begin walking it out, you know, step by step, design it out, design it. Uh, Then, you know, sit down and kind of like figure out the build process. And we're going to build the back part, front part, middle part first, or we're going to, let's get his assembly line going. Give, give, that, give that monkey a hammer. All hands on deck. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this confidence in God's word is not only expressed through acts, but also, watch this, it's also reflected in your looks, your walk, the statements you make and your overall countenance. Woo, praise the Lord. Don't tell me you can't see faith. You can see faith. You absolutely can. And you can see the the opposite of it when when that spirit comes. That's a spirit of fear. You You can recognize anybody that is overwhelmed by a spirit of fear. But you can also see faith. Praise the Lord. Again, this confidence, which is faith in God's word, this confidence is not only expressed through acts, which are necessary, but it's also reflected in your looks. Okay. No down and outer powder looks, you know, like no, no woe is me look. Okay. It's reflected in your looks, your walk, not all slumped over, looking defeated, all disheveled looking, but it's reflected in your walk, the statements you make, 
not statements of gloom and doom and all that stuff, statements of faith, and also your countenance. Praise the Lord. You know, when I wake up in the morning, um, if I get up early and pray, I'm full of the word and I step into the day. But either way, if I stay up late at night and then maybe I don't quite get up so early because maybe I didn't go to bed till two or three because I was working maybe on a a book or or knocking out emails or something else or or just praying. If I get up, it, it doesn't matter. Once I get going and get that coffee, boom. I've got a message going. I have a faith-filled message going by a, a great preacher or teacher, and I'm constantly feeding myself. I don't think I've gone two days ever uh, uh, within years and years and years without hearing a message or multiple messages every day. I'm listening to good faith food. I'm feeding myself just like I feed myself physically. I'm I'm more concerned about feeding myself spiritually. And my friends, that's why we have all of these uh, wonderful technological assets today, such as phones, where we can uh, stream content, and uh, tablets. Uh, I, I think the greatest invention yet is the iPad. I know phones are cool. I really love my iPad. For some of you, it may be a, a different type of tablet, uh, but wow, what a blessing. Uh, I like the tablet because you can, you can have it on a larger screen. Now you're in large print, praise the Lord. But the ability to instantly download uh, good teaching materials or books, woo, I've got a library of books on my iPad that uh, it almost would hold its own against the library of physical books that I have on my shelves. So this is constant devouring of the Word in the various formats that it's presented. Why? I'm endeavoring to hear from God. And not only that, what God has spoken to me, I want to be mindful of that and continue to build that Word as a fortress within my heart by taking other scriptures and taking other um, teachings of excellence on the subjects of faith and so forth, and uh, just just constantly putting it in, putting it in, putting it in. Praise the Lord. And this is how you accomplish the exploits. Action, action is the authentic evidence of faith. Now, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11, just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 11, hallelujah. Take your faith very seriously, very seriously. He, uh, keep it up, keep it strong, keep it strong. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, by faith, watch this now, by faith, Noah, not by fear, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Now, when you refuse to move after hearing God speak, then your faith is not in place. God spoke to Noah and Noah moved. Verse seven, by faith, Noah moved. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved. Action, action. He's heard from God. Why? Why the action? He has heard God talk to him and he can't act like it didn't happen. No, he he knows that was, (laughs) look, when God speaks, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? You can't sweep it under the carpet. <laughs> it's like trying to sweep an elephant under the carpet. Praise the Lord. So faith will always compel us to go into action. It, it, it compels movement, the action of movement. Praise the Lord. Okay, Luke chapter 6, and let's go to verse 6. Luke 6, now it happened on another Sabbath also, that he entered the synagogue and taught, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. Verse 8, but he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, arise and stand here. Get ready. Movement. Movement is already going on. And he arose and stood. Now, he's not lame. It's not, you know, it's not, not like his legs are paralyzed or something wrong with the back. So he, he can get up and he stands there, okay? Arise and stand here. And he rose and stood. Verse 10, 
And when he, that would be Jesus, had looked around at them all, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. Praise God. The paralysis left. The paralysis left when he did as he was commanded. When God speaks to you and tells you to do something, you can't say, well, Lord, once it all happens, then I'll start moving. No, no. When God speaks, you do it. Well, this is what some Christians would do. Jesus, if if your hand was paralyzed, Jesus, Jesus would say, stretch out your hand. And some Christians would argue with Jesus. Well, Jesus, what, what, uh, what do you mean stretch it out? Can't you see it's paralyzed? Yeah, he, know, he knows that. But he's expecting you to do what? Put the action now, the movement, to apply the faith that you already have. Mm-mm. And when he says do it, what does that mean? It means you can do it. God, God has a sense of humor, but he's not, he's not like a joker. He's not like a prankster in the sense where he's trying to set you up to humiliate you or embarrass you or to play some kind of a cruel trick on you. When Jesus says, stretch out your hand, that means you can do it. Oh, okay. Well, it's crippled, but he said, I can do it. Out it comes. Mm, mm. Praise the Lord. That word is an authoritative word. I really came into a really good flow of, of being able to prophesy by understanding not so much the gift of prophecy, but really understanding biblical authority. And we see that displayed through the lives of the centurions that are mentioned in the Bible. They, had, they understood military rank and order. They understood uh, authority. But years back when Kelly and I had just met and were attending the same church, and we were raised up in the ministry at this church, we had what was called prophets in training. It was called uh, PITS, P-I-T-S, <laughs> an abbreviation for prophets in training. And in many ways, it was the PITS. Uh, it, was, it, uh, it was sometimes taught by uh, very insecure people. It was, it was taught by those that if you did operate in the prophetic anointing, suddenly they feel, uh, intimidated. And, uh, some of the teachers were, oh, it it was, it was just going through, uh, a tremendous filtering out that God allows so often on purpose because ministry is flat out tough. And if you can't, if you can't have uh, uh, some toughness or something in you that's a, that's a fighter that says, I won't quit, even no matter how hard they make it, no matter how uh, much they try to um, do certain things to frustrate me, I'm not quitting, well, then you're going you're gonna to make it through that. Praise the Lord. And we made it through that. But I, I, one of the things I caught was that uh, sometimes the senior pastor, he would come and take some of the pits uh, uh, student, some of the prophets in training, he would take us to meetings with him and he would minister. And then sometimes he would turn us loose. He'd just throw us up there to start ministering. But sometimes at the home church in front of uh, large crowds, he would say, um, I want you to stand up and prophesy. And, and there would be times he would look at me and say, Stephen, I want you to minister prophetically, whatever God shows you. And I somehow knew that because he, as a great man of faith and as a general in the body of Christ, just he telling me to prophesy, I understood he has authority and he has just delegated biblical Christ authority to me. And because of that, uh, I may not be some esteemed worldwide prophet, but I can prophesy right now. And that anointing would come on me and I could prophesy to people. (laughs) And sometimes people would say, man, Wow. Sometimes they would say, give me a word like that now. Come, come prophesy to me. But I, I knew I could do it. Why? Because he told me to. And the moment he would tell me to, faith would come alive in my heart. And I begin to understand the authority of the believer through real life experiences like that. Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's something I can't I can't even really teach that. That's something that's almost like has to be caught. You have to understand how the ministry and works, how God invests gifts and ministries and callings into certain individuals. And 
that they can release that grace just like Moses could release it over on others. And Joshua at one point didn't understand it. And he said, Moses, tell them to stop. They're all prophesying. You're the only, you're the only one that's supposed to do it. And Moses was like, would, would be that all of God's people could prophesy or be prophets. You know, so um, now that anointing also came very strongly on Joshua, particularly the greatest anointing that he needed, which was that of wisdom. Trust me. If you're pastoring three million people, you're going to need the spirit of wisdom to be upon you. And he certainly got it. So there, there is the chain of command. And when you honor that, that, that anointing will come whoo, right down through it. And it'll touch your life as well. Praise God. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. So the stretching out of the hand. It's, it's time for some of you to step out of passive uh, religious, traditional type ways of living where you just play it real safe. You sit on that old pew and uh, you got one service after another or just you're going through life and you've never stepped out of faith to ever prophesy over anybody or ever you've, uh, you have people around you say, oh, I've got a horrible headache and you sit there as a spirit-filled believer and you won't even say, well, can I pray for you? I'm a Christian. I believe that God heals the sick. Oh, my God. Uh, dear Lord, Pastor Stephen, I, I don't know if I should do something like that. Well, see, it's time to get out of that old passive boat. Hallelujah. And, uh, and just walk, walk on the water like Peter in faith and watch what God will do. Thank you, Jesus. Faith brings God on the scene. And when God steps in, every opposition has to bow out. Woo. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Some of you you need to use your faith and exercise it and just step out and take a hold of your healing. Uh, th- there are some Christians, bless their hearts, it's almost like they are, they proclaim uh, how bad their pain is, how much agony they're going through. They, it's almost like they're glorifying their sickness. And I'm not trying to belittle uh, the fact that you could really be going through something. But ha- hallelujah, uh, uh, how about proclaiming that he bore your pains upon the cross. How about that? Pastor Steve, I'm in so much pain, you wouldn't believe it. Well, I have compassion for you. And I'm not saying that it's not there. I'm sure it is. Every, every nerve ending is probably tingling with pain. But let's proclaim uh, not the enemy's work. Let's proclaim the finished work of the cross. He bore your pains. Let him take it because he did. Now by faith, connect with that and begin to proclaim and glorify what God has done and watch the, the dirty symptoms of the devil lift off of your body and evaporate. By the way, I don't know if you were aware of this, but the devil amongst his agents, his demons and evil spirits of sickness and all the various kinds of diseases and the different ranks that work within the kingdom of darkness, there is a special category of evil spirits that are in a category called uh, line symptoms. And uh, wow, I've seen these line symptom spirits fake out Christians and uh, they'll think, oh, look, look what my body's doing. <laughs> well, why not just say, praise God, I'm healed anyhow. Why do we have to be governed and led by what we see? Now, we walk by faith, not by sight. Oh, yes, we can see that. We, can, we are aware of what we're uh, dealing with in this natural realm, but we choose to believe the Word of God and make practical application of it. Hallelujah. Start walking it out. And when we say believing God, again, that comes back to believing what His Word says as final authority. So, if God says you're healed, then stand on that. Let's celebrate our healing. Let's not celebrate uh, the thing that we might be dealing with or going through. Praise the Lord. First John. Mm. First John chapter 5. Now, somebody might be in a very sick condition, and you might be around those who don't celebrate Christ, who uh, despise the Word of God, and all, all they would try to do is strip your faith from you. My question would be, why in the world are you around them? Hmm? Because if that's your environment and they are setting that environment for you, you're going to have a really, really hard time. You're going to have to get into an environment of faith, an atmosphere of faith, and if that means 
take teachings and hit the play button and let them roll all day long. And maybe, maybe somebody says, we don't want you playing that. Well, hey, it's your life. It's your body. You know, if you have to relocate somewhere where you can get the God of the Word of God into you, because atmosphere has a lot to do with things. That's why Jesus took the blind man outside of the city. Well, Pastor Stephen, how come he didn't pray for him in that city? Because the city had such an atmosphere of unbelief and doubt and skepticism. And that story is the only time that you see Jesus praying twice for a person to receive their deliverance. And Jesus said, well, what do you see after he prayed for him? Well, I see men like trees walking. Jesus prayed for him again at the getting out of the city. So you have to set the, the atmosphere and the environment that is conducive for faith so that God can begin to work in your life. One old great Pentecostal preacher back in the 1930s got real sick and he believed in divine healing and those around him thought he was a quack and they called him that. They said, you're a quack. You're a crazy person. And you know what they did? They actually called the um, mental institution on him. And they were coming. Two men were coming with a straitjacket to bind him up and to take him away and put him uh, in a mental institution. And there was nothing wrong with him. The only thing that happened is he got sick and uh, he got a, like what we would call a severe cold. And um <laughs> happened kind of a really a silly way. He actually was at somebody's house. He was traveling as a minister. He was itinerant minister, stopped at a house, and uh, somebody that he knew, and he asked if he could sleep. They said, yeah, we got a room back here you could sleep in. He slept in the room all night long and woke up the next morning with a, with a cold that just tremendously overtook him. And he, and he asked the people there at the home, he said, that bed I slept on last night, he said, when's the last time you changed the sheets and you turned the mattress over? And this is back in the 1930s. Uh, maybe like 1910, actually, when this happened. He said, when's the last time you changed the sheets, turned the mattress over, and took it outside for a spring cleaning? And the lady of the house said, well, she said, well, the last person that slept on that bed was granddaddy. He died on it about 30-something years ago, and we have never cleaned it since then. And so, you know, that, that mattress was loaded with germs and bacteria and virus. So he got hit with a really bad cold and so uh, it, it was really hurting his body. So he's believing that God will heal him. And the, and the two men are coming from the mental institution to uh, take him away, bind him up, and lock him up. And uh, he went outside and found the young boy. And he, and he said, open my Bible to this verse. It was a healing scripture. And he said, he said the devil has put such a dirty sick, sickness on me that I have no strength in my body. He said, take my hand and put my hand on the scripture. So I can put my hand on the promise of God. And he kept putting his hand. Now the whole time those men are coming, but the whole time his hand is on that scripture and he's meditating that scripture. He's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And right when those two men got there to basically arrest him for false charges of being an insane person because he believed in divine healing, strength had come back into his body and he stood up and he said, well, as you can see, there's nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with me in the world. And God had completely healed him by the time they showed up. True story. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. That's brother Bevington. I've talked about him before. One of the craziest preachers I've ever heard of in my life. He had a whole lot of stories like that. Now, first John, <clears throat> excuse me, chapter five, verse four, let me grab a drink of water. This year is a year of wisdom and faith, walking in the wisdom of God and constantly staying in faith so that your faith is at the high level so you can accomplish these great assignments God has for you to check off this year, not 30 years from now, this year. Praise the Lord. Verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's you. You're born again, born of God. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Mm -mm. That's why we put an emphasis on faith. Why? Because that's, wh that's what's going to give you the victory. And I, I, I am a man of prayer. I teach the biblical teachings of prayer, but I know a lot of, I know a lot of people that pray and, uh, 
they're defeated in so many areas. Why? Because while they pray, they don't understand how to use their faith. And it's your faith that's going to give you the victory. Now, prayer is going to just pour uh, fuel on the fire of your faith. Prayer will increase the anointing. Prayer will make you sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But it is in your faith, based upon what God said, that's going to give you the victory. Hallelujah. And if you're trying to reinvent the wheel, you need to not do that. You need to stay with the proven principles of God's word, and you will come out on top. Hallelujah. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Faith in what? Uh, the various news medias, faith in what? What uh, a certain regulatory committee would tell us? Well, we can be aware of news and factual information and stuff like that, but in context and in priority, faith in what God said. Woo, praise the Lord. Faith in that word, faith in his word. Now lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people that faith be alive in them, that they're walking in wisdom, they're walking in faith. We thank you that faith works in love. We're choosing to love people, walk in forgiveness quickly, and to stay focused on track and on the promises that you have spoken to us. And we thank you that there's further information forthcoming, and we thank you that that information will continue to build up the promise that you have given. So Father, just like Noah, we keep, we keep hammering. We keep chopping wood. We keep carving. We keep building the work uh, according to the promise that we have. We thank you, Father, while some are building an ark, others might be building a skyscraper or who knows, a house or whatever it might be. But we're all on faith assignments, and we can never afford to take a vacation on that, to take a day off on our faith. So, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for victory, victory for your people. In Jesus' great name, we pray, we say Amen. Now, if you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, exercise the, the gift of faith that God has given you. Exercise the measure of faith that he has given you right now, which is the ability to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He was raised on the third day. He has ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And Jesus is the head of the church. Now, if you would like to receive him into your heart and be born again, and I know you do, pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me of my sins with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Thank you for saving me. Amen and amen. Welcome, my brother, my sister. Welcome to the family of God. You're no longer a sinner. You've been born again. You're in Christ now. Hallelujah. Praise be unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We set it apart now as holy. We sanctify it through this prayer. We thank you, Father, for the body of the Lord Jesus as we receive his flesh. We just thank you for your promises. We hold to the words that you have spoken. We hold to the written word, and we hold to the specific rhema words, the living words that you have given to us. We thank you, Father God. Many of your people have heard your voice. They know that you are not like these mute idols of the world that can just fall over that are made out of wood or stone. But God, you're a living God. And you talk, and you gave us ears, just like you have, so that we can hear. Inner ear, physical ear, but most important, the ears of our, uh, of our spirit, so that we can hear your instructions. Father, we thank you. We receive your word, and we say yes and amen. In Jesus' name, let's receive. Praise God.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I see the mountains moving. I see the obstacles dissolving before you as you continue to move forward in doing what God told you to do. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, we ask that you would cleanse us from all sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Father, let the blood of Jesus be applied to every facet of our lives. Let the blood of Jesus go through our memory bank, our data center in our soul. The blood of Jesus going through every cell of our body, of our brain. We give you a praise for cleansing and that we belong to you. And that the blood of Christ is over the doorpost of our heart, just like the Jewish people during the Passover feast. We thank you, Father God, that we are clean in your sight through Christ's shed blood. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's precious blood. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Now lift your hands and thank the Lord for the faith that he has given you and that you're exercising your faith and walking with God. Our Father, we give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. We give you all the glory. We give you the honor. We thank you, Father God, that you are leading your people in this hour to do exploits for your glory. We thank you, Father, that many great things are being accomplished this year, that your people are going forward in faith, tasting victory, tasting victory like Daniel coming out of the lion's den, the Hebrew boys coming out of the fiery furnace, tasting victory. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My friends, thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.